where we enter together into the web of life in all of its many seen and unseen dimensions. I'm Erin Schrader, owner of The Rebel Herbalist, and it is my honor to hold this portal to the other world. Let's enter, shall we? This week we continue our walk through the tarot, Major Arcana. Last week we ended on temperance, that first glimpse of enlightenment, finding the inner guardian angel, the inner highest self, the soul guide. Very often on the journey of life, when we achieve that pinnacle experience, that glimpse of enlightenment, we immediately or very soon after experience the fall from that place because we live in a dual experience. And so the card directly following temperance in the major arcana of the tarot is the devil, card 15. The devil is literally the fall from the heights, the pitfalls, the snares, the traps. Every path that we walk is laden with these snares. And we will get snared. The devil is not something we can avoid, but it is something we can learn to recognize. If you look at the devil card in your deck, it will likely look very much like the lover's card. But instead of the bucolic scene of the garden of paradise, the lovers are shackled to this diabolical figure. Our hero now has descended. We are in the underworld, the shadow realm. All of the light that we have gained in the upper world has given us a torch that we can bear into the darkest parts of ourselves to illuminate the snares, the pitfalls, the patterns of thinking, the relationship dynamics, our conditioning, all of the ways that we sabotage ourselves and others on this path, on this journey through life. Encountering the underworld or working with this devil archetype has become extremely popularized right now. Um, We call it shadow work, going into the shadow realms, the shadow lands with a torch to illuminate what we find there and to start to break the chains. One of my business partners and a dear friend, Leandra Witchwood, has sort of found in her own journey that she thrives in this space. She calls herself a shadow witch And she just wrote a book with that title, The Shadow Witch. She also offers an online course uh, called Claiming the Shadow. And she's in July beginning a Shadow Witch Syndicate, which is an online community where people can um, support one another in these practices of descending to these shadowlands with intention and clarity and focus. There is danger in going into these places. Because in the shadow, we can become 
disoriented, lost, we can start to believe the voices that we hear there. Instead of uh, bringing the torch to illuminate, we can um, sort of get enamored (laughs) with the shadow, uh, enjoying the feeling of being shaded and stay stuck there. So getting the help of other folks, guides, uh, community can help us move through the shadow lands with more grace and safety. So when this card comes up in a reading, I'm often wondering how the querent is um, caught in some sort of duplicity. Either they're fooling themselves or someone else is fooling them. They're believing uh, the lies of the ego. They're trapped in the wounds of the shadow, but somehow they've gotten snared. And depending again on the context of the reading, we can get more information about what the snare is and how to cut the chain and keep moving forward on our journey. Just like every archetype and every card, we could easily spend the whole episode talking about the devil card and the archetype of Lucifer, the fallen angel, the light bearer, and Baphomet, the um, god who is frequently associated with Lucifer, um, and also Pan, who is frequently associated with Lucifer. But we will maybe do that in another episode. But just like it's important to keep moving when we find ourselves in the shadow realms and not stay stuck there, we are going to keep moving through our tarot journey. Once we find ourselves in the shadow realm, the devil card, we must find the energy to break the bondage. And that energy, that release of energy, that incredible destructive insight is captured in the tower card, the next card in the major arcana, card number 16. The tower is the energy of Uranus, um, astrologically. This is the energy of the lightning strike, the wake-up call, where everything needs to crumble in order for liberation to be achieved. This is the end of a marriage. This is the end of a career. This is, uh, it's an echo of the death card, but without the um, gentle transformation that death often brings. Um, whenever people can die well or relationships can die well (laughs) or um, things can transition into sort of a a, a more growthful period. The tower has a much more upending quality where your world is turned upside down and shaken. The tower represents the shattering of structures that have grown too small, parts of us that have become Mm -hmm. complacent, Ideas that have become suffocating and energies that are strangling us. And if we cannot make those transitions ourselves, the universe will destroy them on our behalf. This is where the part of us that gained clarity and insight in the chariot and in temperance really gets tested. Can we hold that center while everything around us collapses. Can we trust in a future that is unknown? Can we gather ourselves back up and keep going? Have all the lessons we've learned so far given us the stamina and the strength to continue? 
Tower moments can break people. There is no guarantee that we come out the other side of this better. There's no guarantee that we come out the other side of this. That is why it is a journey of adventure, the journey of a hero, because it is only through surviving these initiations and challenges that we um, achieve anything because we really can be broken by them. We can become bitter, resentful, vindictive, and we can live in the rubble of that tower for the rest of our lives writing sonnets and lamenting the unfairness of the tower's collapse, shaking our fist at the god of lightning who sent the wake-up call. We can build a, a little fortress out of the rubble and never move from there. So in the context of the reading, this can mean a tower moment is imminent, a tower moment is needed, and we can choose that tower moment for ourselves rather than have it done to us. And it can also mean that we're living in the rubble of the tower instead of moving on um, and joining in the next uh, sort of lesson or the next turn in the path of the initiate. And so if we can leave the rubble behind and put our foot back on the path, centering ourselves in what we've already learned, then the next card in our journey is the star. Card number 17. The star represents that inner fountain of wisdom and knowledge, the spring within that is undying. If you look at the star card, you will see a, a naked woman or some version of this, depending on your deck, pouring out two pitchers of water, one on earth and one into the water itself. Like the temperance card, where the angel has one foot on land and one foot in the water, there is this echo of being in two realms at once and uniting or integrating those realms within ourselves. This card makes me think of the phrase mini Wakoni, which we learned during the Dakota Access Pipeline protests in this country, in the United States, and it means water is life. Without water, Nothing can exist on this planet, or very little can exist, I, I would say. Very little life can exist without water on this planet. And so the, the star card is sort of that um, quenching of thirst after a harrowing journey. It's the oasis um, that is not a mirage, but a true oasis, a place where we can rest and recover and regenerate and integrate. And in this period of integration, wisdom becomes available to us and the dreaming of the future becomes possible. And that is where the star comes in. You know, we reach for this vision of the future or this, we reach for the star, um, that glimmer of what can be possible now that we've left the rubble of the tower behind. When we have passed the test of the star card, we have integrated our wisdom. We have rested, replenished ourselves, drunk deeply of the sacred well. We are no longer preoccupied with the past or fretting about the future, but instead we are centered in the cosmos, in 
the place where we are now and we know that we are held and supported by that cosmos so that we can walk forward on our journey while also staying present in this moment. And now that we are following our own inner star, our North star or our pole star integrated and well and um, carrying our wisdom, we encounter the last test on the path and maybe the most insidious. And that is represented by the moon card, card 18. The moon is a card that represents illusion and betrayal. This is um, symbolized in the story of Lot in the Bible when he is leaving and his wife turns to look back on Sodom and Gomorrah and is turned into a pillar of salt. She was seduced by her inner longing, by her unwillingness to keep herself fixed on her inner star, and she fell for the seduction of an illusion of what should have been, what could have been. And so she betrayed herself for that illusion and was transformed into the salt of the earth. She was calcified, which is part of the alchemical process as well, calcification or calcination. Um, and as we know, nothing stays the same way forever. So even Lot's wife at some point will be sublimated into something else, something new. But the rules of the underworld are strict and we can fall into this death-like sleep this disillusionment, this seductive dispossession of ourselves. And that is what is represented by the moon card. I see the energy of the moon card when folks um, share their grievance about something and a whole lot of other people edify them by getting angry on their behalf and reinforcing the, the victimhood of that grievance. And then they can all sort of trauma bond around that. Uh, and then nobody actually moves forward. We all just stay stuck in the pain and keep retelling the stories over and over and over again to each other. That is the moon card. That is the risk where we can choose the comfort of our victimhood. We retell the tower story over and over and over again. Or we retell the pattern that we found in the devil card over and over and over again. And we ignore the star, or we ignore temperance, uh, or we ignore the chariot. These qualities that we've developed coming through the fire, we downplay those. And instead, we trauma bond over the challenges and stay stuck. That is the moon card. If you look at the moon card, there are two stone pillars. Um, the moon is in the center. And there's a dog and a wolf in the foreground, um, sort of guarding either side of a trail. And at the foot of that trail coming out of the water is a lobster or a crab or a crayfish, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this dog is the same dog we saw at the zero card, the fool card, um, the guardian of our instincts and 
and the reminder of our instincts. And our instincts, our, our dog-like nature, is accompanied now by the wolf. And the wolf symbolizes the wild self and the danger of the wild um, and the danger of losing ourselves to our wild nature. The towers that we see in the moon card are also visible in the death card, in the background of the death card. And just as in the death experience, we have to shed something to move into new life. In the moon card, we see the crab or the lobster or the crayfish in the forefront who sheds its skin in order to grow into the future, to grow into its larger self. And so another symbol here in the moon um, and the, the risk of the lunar landscape is our willingness to shed our illusion and our disillusionment so that we can grow and keep moving on our path. And then once we can shed those skins, we can uh, move with our instincts and with our wild self towards this uh, path that leads to the kingdom, you know, between these towers, this, this place where we are fully realized and fully whole. But there's one more shedding that has to happen. And it makes me think of an old quote I once heard that said, um, depression is like a fur coat. Um, it is made of dead things, but it keeps me warm. And this, again, is another example of the moon card to me. We sort of pile on top of ourselves old skins that need to be shed, old ideas, old beliefs, old stories. But without them, we don't know who we are. And so we don't know how to put them down. And again, just like every stage of this journey, this is a place that we could stay forever. Just like the rubble of the tower, building our little fort in the rubble of the tower, in the moon card, we can just squeeze ourselves into skins that are too small. Or we can be lost in our rage, or lost in our victimhood, or lost in an illusion of what is possible, and so never live the life we actually have right in front of us. So if we can do this last shedding, remember the light within us of the star and continue to walk out of our disillusionment and out of our illusion, then we come into the sun card, number 19. And the sun is the card of rebirth and victory, celebration, illumination, um, in a in a reading, this can mean a literal birth, the birth of a child, a new job, um, some new grand adventure. It's a fresh start, but one that comes with integration and joy. And it's sort of like leveling up on the spiral. I truly believe that those of us who are on the hero's path um, <clears throat> can move through these, this spiral multiple, multiple times in a lifetime if we say yes to the journey. And so this is like, um, sort of like the next octave of the fool. We might um, have the sun card and be fully um, in our joy and in our integration and in the, the freshness and newness. And then the next thing you know, we're the fool again. But at least for now, we're the wise fool <laughs> in the sun card. We have humility and maturity 
and an inner strength that's been tempered by trial. And so we can trust ourselves. We can trust ourselves as a helper to others, and we can trust ourselves to navigate uh, the next turn of the spiral when the challenges face us all over again. So from this place of the enlightened fool or the wise child, we come into card number 20, which is judgment. And this depicts something like Judgment Day, I think. There's an angel trumpeting over the open graves of the resurrected. Um, But this, unlike the Justice card, which actually speaks to morality and right and wrong, the Judgment card is really an alchemy card. It's the card of um, becoming, where all the hard work has been done, and now the last final little turn of the key or the the last final little miraculous change of perception occurs and we are in the new world we are in the resurrected life we are we're not the wise child wandering through an old landscape (laughs) we are in a new landscape the world looks different for us we are in the kingdom or the um the world that we hoped was possible and have have found that it actually is real and it's been right here juxtaposed to the old world all along this is the place where anyone whose heart is not pure and transformed by the journey cannot make this transformation even if they have the insight that has come with being um, the wise child in the sun card they are still fighting the battles in a world that has not transformed for them. And um, it's sort of the, it's not really a test anymore. We've passed the tests. At this point, it's just an inability to accept or receive the transformation. That last, um, that last turning that completely transforms not just ourselves, but the way we perceive the world. And when we can receive that full transformation inside and outside, that is when we achieve the very last step in the journey, card number 21, or the world card. In the world card, you see uh, a nude figure, a nude woman um, in the traditional Rider Waite tarot. And she has her legs in the four position, um, just as the hanged man did, but this time she's upright. But she's also invoking that Jupiter um, expansiveness, the, the emperor in his stability. Um, she is grounded. She is whole. She is expansive. She is naked, fully herself, fully confident that her inner star is guiding her and the outer world is supporting her. The same figures who accompanied the hero in the Wheel of Fortune card Um, are now present in the world card, but this time they aren't scribing anything with their little books. They are just celebrating with her, their companions. Um, The creatures of the earth are sentient, awake. That's part of the new world that we live in after the judgment card. Um, We are surrounded by collaborators in the world that's transformed. Everything is leaning toward us, working with us, and we are leaning toward the world and working in collaboration with the world. Separation is 
revealed for the illusion that it is. And in its place, we are part of the whole, aware of our movements and actions in this world and how our contribution is important and needed and tiny and infinitesimal, but also welcomed and appreciated by all of our partners in the vastness of this beautiful world. So now we have arrived whole and complete, not stuck in illusion, but fully aware of the duality of this existence, fully aware that we will continue to be challenged. We will continue to be snared. We will continue to suffer because that is the nature of reality on earth. But our suffering will not be edifying of this idea of being a victim. Instead, we will just understand that that is life here. And we will continue to orient ourselves to the star within us, to drink deeply from the waters that nourish us, and to hopefully keep pulling ourselves out of the rubble and ascending the next layers of the star spiral, helping others along the way and receiving help when we need it. And so ends our journey through the major arcana of the tarot. I hope that this series has been helpful or inspiring in some way. I hope that you um, had your cards with you each week and communed with them as we walked through the journey. I would love to hear your thoughts um, anywhere that you can find me. And thank you for taking this journey with me. Thank you for joining me.